Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us on the Eagle Hour Monday edition opening segment, as it is every day, sponsored uh, by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They make great food seven days a week. They'll cater any event, large or small. Dickie's will do the cooking and let you relax. Don't forget free ice cream with every in-house meal. Dickie's Barbecue, a big supporter of Southern Miss Athletics, and we appreciate them very much. Doc Sadler going to be joining us a little later in the show. It's a great weekend for Southern Miss sports, basketball, baseball, everything. Everything turned out well. Uh, we'll be talking to Doc here a little later in the show as his team uh, absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed Texas El Paso and uh, now moves into the final four games of the season. Of course, the big news, too, over 11,000 baseball fans make their way to Pete Taylor Park over the weekend and their beloved Golden Eagles do not disappoint as they sweep Purdue 7-6, 4-2, to 16-7. This is Bob Getty. Michael Murgis is with me here in the First Bank studio. Luke Johnson is in the First Bank studio in Laurel and on the phone with us, the man who engineered the opening uh, weekend sweep, head baseball coach Scott Berry. Coach, first of all, Congratulations on a great weekend. And I went home last night wondering if, if in your mind, you could have drawn up any better scenario than what we saw this weekend. No, you know, Bob, uh, well, first of all, I appreciate uh, you having me on. But, you know, when you open the season, you really know what uh, your team, how they're going to react. And you're anxious. Uh, you know, everybody's anxious to get out there and play against somebody else. And, uh, so it was good to do that against a very quality program in Purdue that, that I feel like will do very well in the Big Ten this year. They're a regional team last year, very well coached. Uh, but, you know, I was I was very pleased with the outcome of, of how we played and how we competed. And uh, I think overall, uh, you know, we played very hard from start to finish in every game and, and uh, were able to come away with three, three big wins for us. Your kids seem to sound such an even keel, Coach. Uh, when they're behind, it doesn't seem to affect them. Uh, you just find yourself as a fan uh, when the ball team is is behind in the fifth or sixth inning. You're just waiting for the for the comeback that you almost know is coming. Well, that seems to be the census out there because you're about the fourth person that's kind of uh, evaluated us <laughs> like that. And uh, but you know what, the message is always, uh, you know, the more the more I've been around this game and and uh, kind of figure out or get closer to figuring out, you know, how to do things and and drawing uh, from other people and what makes them successful. You know, it's not an emotional roller coaster because if it is, then you know you live too many highs and too many lows, and mm-hmm. you've got to learn to play the game, and you have to understand that there's going to be highs and lows in between, uh, in, in in what you're trying to do in the journey. And 
you got to stay the course and stay the plan. And, and I felt like that that's what we did in all three games. Uh, you know, we found ourselves battling back from uh, from being behind in all three games. But uh, whether it was uh, the, the first game, being able to uh, come back in the ninth inning and tie it to extend it to extra inning, to the last game, you know, they're blowing it out late in the game. I was very proud of the way that our guys didn't panic. Uh, didn't get down and, uh, and and were able to just play the game and play it all the way through. Had two parents from Purdue tell me uh, Sunday afternoon they had never been in a baseball atmosphere like what they had seen over the weekend. Talk for a moment, Coach, about the incredible support you got from the Southern Miss fan base this weekend. Well, it was absolutely outstanding, and I hope people they understand what a difference it makes. In, in in the outcome of those games. You know, it should not influence us as players or coaches to play any harder. It should not, and that's always been the message. It doesn't matter if you have seven kids at a camp or you have 100 kids at a camp or if you have 100 people in the stands or you have 4,000 people in the stands. You have the job to do, and that's to go out and give your best and, and do the best you can with your work. And so that, for our our people to show up like they did. I hate that we had such a, a, a bad, uh, rainy opening day because I felt like that was going to be an incredible crowd. Even though it was over mm-hmm. 4,000, I felt like it, it it kept some people away. But you know what? There's one thing that Purdue will always go and take with them and talk and, and to everybody else is the incredible atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park on opening weekend. So I thank our, our, our fan base and everybody baseball enthusiast that that enjoys college baseball and enjoys Southern Miss baseball for coming out and creating that atmosphere. Yeah, it's fun. Luke, get in here. Coach, uh, congrats on the sweep. Let's talk uh, some specifics with some players. You move Hunter Schlater up into the three-hole. Eight hits on the weekend, the huge homer uh, in one of the games. Talk about uh, Slater's performance. Well, you know, it was a great performance. I thought he had some really, really great at bats. He fouled some pitches off. You know, he got pitches early in the count to hit. And, you know, honestly hitting in front of Walner, he's going to get those pitches until people, you know, start looking at these stats and go, holy cow, we got to we got to be careful to pitch to him, but you know that's what happens when you're you're hitting in front of a guy that uh, people are afraid of, and they don't want to put people on, and they don't want to, uh, you know, have that base uh, where they can't pitch around Walner if they want to. So it's very important for that person in front of Walner that really steps up and hits uh, to 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 gain that respect. But he did. I mean, Hunter, he's a uh, fifth year senior for us who's developed nicely in our program as, as a hitter and as a first baseman and, a, and an overall total player of the game of baseball. So I'm very proud of him and, and his opening weekend and what he brought to, to the games. Uh, on, on the offensive side also, Coach, a name I don't know how it slipped through. You may have mentioned him one time, but Bob and I have just uh, totally missed Brent Blaylock, uh, who uh, was phenomenal last year at, at Northwest Community College. He had the big home run. Uh, and then with, with Walner's you know, uh, arm injury, he slides in there to right field. Talk about how he stepped up for your team this weekend. Well, you know, we well, he stepped up big time. You know, especially uh, when he gets that uh, that home run there on Friday night to to cut that from six to four to six to five, and and just have a one run uh, uh, behind one run going in the ninth inning. That's that's 
you know, that's big. And, and so he's always been a very good outfielder, uh, has a great presence out there. And I, you know, I say he's just, he's a gamer. I mean, he's a guy that loves to play the game. He'll also take the mound for us. You know, he's, he's a good arm on the mound and he'll help us there as well. Uh, but you know what, what he was able to do in Walner's absence in right field this weekend, you know, that's, that's, I think every team loves to have those kind of options, and certainly he gives us that option, and he filled he filled it very well this weekend. Coach, I'm staying on the uh, Storm Cooper bandwagon. He's my guy. I thought he played really well at shortstop. Came up with a with a really nice hit for you uh, in a crucial time Saturday. Uh, how about Storm? Storm, you know, I think he's been really the most consistent. Uh, shortstop that we've had all fall in this preseason. He's a fourth-year senior that's logged uh, logged experience. Uh, you know, and, and you look. At, we've talked before, Bob, about his his career to this point. It's been it's kind of been a, a little bit of a role player. You know, from his freshman year, really. I mean, really playing some big key parts for us to where last year he only had 33 at bats you know and was a late inning defensive guy but uh but he's a guy that stayed with the course he hasn't you know taken his bags and packed and gone somewhere else he left southern miss he's loyal to our program uh he's value in our program and he senses that you know everybody wants to be a starter for four years we all get that but you know, to have that true chemistry and that t- true team, you have to have people that are willing to play roles, understanding when they change, and when you get your opportunity, don't miss on it. And certainly, I think that's that's the story with with Stormy. All right, all right, coach. It doesn't get any easier Wednesday night, does it? Troy, a quality ball club. You're going to be uh, locking horns with them up at Trustmark. Yeah, you know, they went two and two on the weekend against uh, Central Michigan. So a fine club, you know, they're hitting, uh, you know, their, their batting average is a little bit low, it looks like, through the four games. I'm not sure what Central Michigan uh, has, and not, I'm not real familiar with that. But we've talked about parity in college baseball and Division One baseball especially, that, you know, if you're not ready to play the opponent, uh, whoever it is, and, or play the game, doesn't matter who the opponent is, then you stand a chance of, of certainly getting beat. And Troy was a uh, was a regional team last year. Uh, they're quality uh, quality program who has a rich tradition with baseball. I know their coaches well. Uh, they're going to be very well coached, and certainly uh, they they understand the, the challenge ahead of them with Southern Miss. So it should be a good ball game on Wednesday. Well, coach, it just couldn't have been any more fun over the weekend. I do want you to know, as you know, Stump was out there Friday. He's taking credit for everything. He believes it was his presence that uh, inspired the guys to play so well. <laughs> well, Stump, it's it's a humbling game, trust me. So. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was good to see him, and I appreciate uh, you all being out there uh, on Friday on opening day and, and creating the atmosphere as well. So everything matters. Thank, thanks so much, Coach. We appreciate it. Okay. You. All right, Coach. Guys. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, with a great weekend start. We're going to talk to another very happy guy here in just a few minutes. Doc Sadler, scheduled decks on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top.
Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to uh, baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us in the first segment. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. The biggest selection of Southern Miss merchandise in the state, clothing, household items, car accessories, tailgate supplies, you name it, they've got it. You can visit them on Hardy Street across from the USM campus, or if you're in other parts of the state, you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. Eagle Hour, uh, soon to be available, uh, I guess, later this week. Michael will tell us more about that later. Uh, the podcast version of the show, available on Spotify and Stitcher, soon to be on iTunes and Google Play. And uh, we'll get Michael in the show here a little bit and uh, give you some more information on that. All right. As we said, it was a great weekend for college sports. My buddy from Greenville came down to go uh, to sporting events with me this weekend, and I said, well, we'll go to the basketball game and then the baseball game, and we'll see a good competitive basketball game. Wrong. 54-12 to at halftime. Doc Sadler on the Eagle Hour. Doc, what are you feeding those guys? Wow. You know, thanks again, Luke, for you guys having me on. It was a, you know, it was a game that, to be honest with you, going into the ball game, that's why I uh, you should never ask a coach what's going to happen in the game because he really doesn't know either. Uh, because I really thought going into basketball, this could be a game that would be in the mid-50s to mid-60s and uh, just be a grinded-out game because uh, UTEP has really been playing well defensively and uh, and, and playing everyone close. And on Thursday night, uh, you know, had a great chance to, to beat Louisiana Tech, who, who I know is a good basketball team. And... Uh, you know, things just lined up right for us. Uh, Rodney's team uh, obviously got off to a slow start, and, and we were just making everything that that, that we threw up there. And, uh, you know, it just started snowballing. And, 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 and what can you say? I mean, I wish we could play that way every game and make every shot. But uh, give our guys credit. They came out, was ready to play, and, uh, you know, never, never, never looked back. So many times when you get off to a great start like that, uh, then you 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 know your defensive end kind of starts relaxing or whatever. But in that situation, our defense just got better and better as the game went along. No question. Have you ever been in a? Have you ever been involved in a game that was uh, more of a blowout than what we saw in the first half, Coach? Well, I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, I don't remember if we ever were. Or not. I know. I know. There's a couple of games when I was at Nebraska. We played Iowa State. We held them first half to a low number, and then we actually held Oklahoma when Blake Griffin was there to a low number. But we obviously didn't score the number of points that we did. But I thought I thought Saturday's game defensively was about as as well as we could play. Uh, we're getting closer to to being the type of defensive team that I would like for us to be. In. Uh, you know, and, and the, the positive to that is when you do uh, play against good teams that you've got a chance. The negative is, is, is if a team is really shooting the ball really well, then, you know, it's not a defensive scheme that uh, is, is that good against the three-point shot. But, you know, uh, you just take the percentages and hope it uh, turns out the way you want it to. <laughs> We're sure working Saturday. Luke, get involved here. 
Uh, Coach Ladavius Drain, uh, I was just thinking about old school NBA Jam. I mean, the dude was on fire. I, I think he set tied or a school record, seven three pointers. Um, we saw that against Louisiana Tech. Uh, we we saw him get hot in several games this year. He was just really unstoppable Saturday. Well, he was, and you know, uh, it's kind of like anything else. Uh, you know, the thing that people you know, remember is, is that he was the one making the shots or nobody would remember him. But the good thing is we got some guards that can get him uh, that people have to help out on because we penetrate quite a bit and get him good-looking shots. But uh, even though uh, that was the case, there were two or three of them that, you know, you can't defend a kid any better than they defend them, and he still made the shot. So, uh, you know, the thing that I've said about uh, Davis is, is – when we went to Florida and played, uh, he didn't make a three-pointer that whole weekend in uh, in the two games, but it didn't affect it didn't affect the rest of his game. And in in so many cases nowadays, uh, you know, in basketball, young guys or or all old guys, young guys, whatever, uh, they allow they let uh, making or missing a shot affect how they play. And the best thing about him is. If he doesn't let it uh, make it or miss it, he's going to be the same player on the defensive end and rebounding and playing hard. If he's making them, that's great. If he's not, he's still going to be able to do that. You can count on Coach, uh, I want to go back to uh, Thursday because absolutely huge home win. At the time, UTSA is number two in the league. Uh, your guys uh, shoot a little cold to start off. You fight back, you're down 13, and then you shoot about 60% in the second half. It was kind of reverse from Saturday. You closed as a team against a really good team. We did. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we did not get off to a good start offensively on, uh, on Thursday. And I actually took all of them out and uh, set them down for three or four minutes and uh, and just uh, hopefully get them kick-started. And, and when, we, when we put the other guys in, uh, they did some good things and, and, and uh, made a basket or two. And, and next thing you know, the crowd that showed up kind of started getting into it, and I put the other guys back in and, in the last 30 minutes, they really played well. And uh, San Antonio is a very hard team to play against because of the two guards that they have, and they spread the floor so well. Uh, and we we just we didn't do as good a job of keeping the as I like to say, keep, keeping the floor shrunk or tight, whatever word you want to use. We we were too concerned about being so spread out guarding those guys that. Defensively, we weren't able to get our hands on some balls and get some easy baskets. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, we had some guys step up uh, and uh, make some plays down the stretch and was able to get the win. All right, Coach, you're 17-9 and nine now, and now the pod play starts uh, this Saturday. You host UAB, then you're on the road at Western Kentucky. Then I believe you're on the road at Old Dominion, and then back at uh, back home against Texas San Antonio. You've not been shy about expressing your feelings about that. Now that you see it, what, what's your reaction? Well, it's not any better. Uh, you know, the thing that the thing the thing that kind of as a coach, and, and I get it. I mean, you know, I've got a we got to play it. As I told somebody, we don't make the schedule; we just got to play the schedule. 
I think we're pretty, you know, you get your team playing in a groove and, and now you don't play but one game in two weeks. And this time of year, you know, the kids don't want to practice and they don't, you know, so you're not going to get a whole lot. So you've got to hope you can kind of keep your condition. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you go and play uh, two tough road trips back-to-back at San Antonio at home, basically three games in, in six days the week before you go and play the tournament. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, but I, I, I still think my whole deal on it uh, is I think you play a, 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 a conference schedule and you don't make it any – you don't make it uh, tilted any way for anybody. Mm-hmm. And for UAB and for San Antonio to have to come back to our place and us never play at their place, that's not right. I right. mean, that's not right. And, uh, you know, for us to go to Old Dominion, uh, you know, we're, we, we still want to win the league. You know, forget the conference tournament right now. you got four games left. You're two games behind, uh, and you're going to play Old Dominion the second time, but you've got to play them at their place. I mean, that's mm-hmm. to me, that's just not right. But, uh, you know, I need to move on and quit complaining about it, just try to figure out how to. The best way is to get our team ready to play Saturday and then take off another Sunday game before we do play uh, again on the following Sunday. So uh, we just kind of hope that we, we stay in game shape because, as you guys know, there's a lot of difference between being in practice shape and game shape. Right. Yeah. Well, Coach, finally, I want to thank you for coming over and visiting with us during Baseball Friday night. And I want you to, I want you to make a promise to our listeners. Don't go back to the suit. Keep wearing oh, no. what you're wearing because we're 17-9 and nine and we've won six straight games. Coach, I'm still disturbed about seeing you in a T-shirt, Doc. I'll just be really honest. Hey, hey. I think you just need to do what you're doing right now. I think everything right. everything is just working perfect, Doc, and uh, we want you to we want you to keep it up. Hey, we appreciate you being on the show, and congratulations, Doc. You're really uh, really doing an outstanding job. All right, guys, thanks for having me again. All, All right, here. Doc Sadler, everybody, the fashion guru of Southern Miss basketball. We'll continue with the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour on a Monday afternoon. Big thanks to Doc Sadler, basketball coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and head coach Scott Berry of Southern Miss Baseball for joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Everyone enjoys the delicious chicken fingers, fries, and coleslaw at your local Raising Cane's. Always fresh, always delicious. Be sure to stop by a local Raising Cane's near you, located all throughout the state of Mississippi and in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. Raising Cane's, one love. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And beautiful downtown Laurel, and uh, Bob mentioned it last uh, segment, but just to bring it up to you, pod play, bonus play has begun in Conference USA basketball. Southern Miss, after starting 0-3 in Conference USA, now finishes uh, this part of the regular season uh, in third place. They're the number three seed, so what that means is they have a game this coming Saturday at home against UAB, then Sunday, March 3rd at Western Kentucky, Wednesday, March 6th at Old Dominion, and then uh, final game is March 9th, a Saturday, uh, against UTSA at home. Really exciting, Bob. Uh, just looking last uh, week, Kelly and I, uh, we I think Southern Miss, we were around 150 or 140 um, in the net rankings, and just uh, today Southern Miss now has moved up another 10 spots and now currently sits 107. So Eagles have moved about 80 slots in the last three weeks. Pretty extraordinary what Doc Sadler's done. He's done a fantastic job, and they were just they were lights out Saturday. It was uh, it was almost embarrassing. 54 to 12 at halftime, and then Doc emptied the bench uh, in the second half and uh, hung on to win the game 77-47. I don't want to forget either that the Lady Eagles had a dramatic win against UTEP Saturday afternoon as they hit a three-pointer with two seconds left in the game uh, to knock off UTEP. They improved to 15-11 on the season. They're back home this week. They'll play Louisiana Tech and uh, Texas San Antonio. So uh, a good weekend for basketball, obviously. A great weekend for baseball. Electric Pete Taylor Park. Big, big crowds uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, And even with the rain, uh, Friday afternoon and kind of into the game Friday night really didn't knock the crowd down much at all. Uh, Football-type atmosphere, very loud, very raucous. Uh, and lots to be excited about. Uh, one thing we didn't talk to Coach Berry about much was uh, was the play of some of these new kids, the new faces on the ball club. Some of the old guys, you know, you expect them to perform, and, and they did. But, uh, boy, it really looks – you know, some of the new talent really looks bright. And uh, I think there's a whole lot of room for optimism in baseball. Yeah, you look at Danny Lynch, uh, who played third base. He, he had a slow Friday and a slow Saturday. Responds, uh, goes one for three with three RBIs on, on Sunday. Um, older guy, Gidry's was on self. Uh, he, he had the clutch uh, walk off on, on Friday night. But this, you know, this Blaylock kid, I mean, he could be kind of an X factor for us. And, and one thing we didn't have to talk to Coach uh, Barry about was, you know, what, what's Walner's arm injury look like going forth from here? Cause he's, he DH'd all weekend. You would think they're going to take him very, very, very carefully. But let, let's talk about the pitching for a minute. Uh, Bob, Walker Powell gives you four innings on Friday. Uh, and then, uh, really when you needed somebody to shut down Purdue, who else? Mason Strickland, the Wizard. Can I call him the Wizard from now on? Does he that work? He pitched very well. Just, yes. He pitched very well. Yeah. So he comes in, he shuts down on uh, on Friday. 
Um, Saturday, how about Stevie Powers? Six innings of work, six strikeouts, gives up two hits. And then Sunday was just kind of baseball by committee. I thought the best pitcher on Sunday was Alex Nelms, who came in and gave you a three shutout innings uh, when you needed it on Sunday after Wright really got rocked early in the game. Your, your thoughts about the pitching? Stevie Powers uh, looked better than anyone uh, on the mound. Cody Carroll pitched uh, very well Sunday. I guess it was Sunday afternoon or maybe Saturday. I can't remember now. But he came in and pitched very well. Uh, I thought Walker Powell looked okay. Uh, I, I don't think that was his his best outing. Uh, you know, Sunday was Sunday was almost like a midweek game in the respect that they were rotating pitchers every couple of innings. Uh, I think what impressed me more than anything about Sunday was that you could rotate pitchers every two innings. You're playing a really good Purdue ball club that kept their starter in for the first six. They were playing to win the game, make no question about that. Uh, but even even utilizing a lot of young pitchers to get them some time on the mound, the Southern Miss bats were so powerful that they just they walked away from Purdue uh, late in the game, but I thought we saw some. Uh, I thought we saw some really good signs of some young pitchers that threw well. I think it's very encouraging to see how Stevie Powers pitched. Uh, you're right, Mason pitched very well, and uh, overall, uh, overall, I, I don't think there was a bad pitching performance. Now, some were better than others, but uh, it's very, very early, and uh, we all kept reminding ourselves of that uh, this weekend. Or a little sloppy at times Friday night with some errors and some some bad throwing errors, but uh, but boy, the bats are there and. Uh, the Golden Eagle bullpen looks early on to uh, to I think uh, show more I guess more uh, more diversity more more players that I think maybe will be able to come in and contribute uh, well this year than than maybe the number of of pitchers we had like that last year but uh, yes overall uh, very very good back to Walner uh, Walner looked like his arm may have been bothering him a little bit uh, Friday night. Uh, yesterday, he was the old Matt Walner. I mean, he was crushing yeah. the baseball, uh, drove in five runs, I believe, and just terrorized Purdue. So, I mean, he, he looked completely healthy yesterday, and, and I guess that's a good sign as well. I'll tell you what, if, if, if Lynch gets going, and he's a freshman, but you start talking about if Walner may stay in this DH, you know, for a few weeks. We don't know, you know, what what it's like, or they're not they're going to put him back out in the field, and especially on the mound later than sooner. So there's a chance that you might have you might have you're going to have Slater, Walner, Lynch, and probably Blaylock. Mm-hmm. And Lynch and Blaylock are guys who, on their own, could be three or four hitters. And you're talking about those are the guys that are going to be in the five and six hole. That that's that's pretty dangerous and that's pretty extraordinary. And you know you you look at you don't want to look past Troy, but you know especially this weekend Mississippi State put up 36 runs. So you look at what the Eagles did this weekend, 27 runs. And you look at what they did yesterday. Uh, we could be for a an offensive showdown, you know, this weekend coming up in Starkville. One thing that that you mentioned that is that is crazy obvious. They got to clean it up. They they had six errors, uh, two in each game. 
opening opening season, I mean opening game of the season uh, to be expected, but you would hope that that would be one or a goose egg against Troy on Wednesday. Uh, Mississippi State will be a tough uh, a tough match, no question. However, Mississippi State didn't I don't believe played nearly the team that that Southern Miss played uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, I think Purdue's a pretty good ball club. One of the best-looking outfields I've seen uh, in a long time at Pete Taylor Park. Fast kids, track down line drives uh, all weekend. Uh, I, I think Purdue, pretty good test. I think Troy will be a pretty good test. I think Mississippi State plays UAB. That, that'll be better. Uh, I think it's better to play these types of teams, Purdue and Troy, going into that state series than it is to beat up on a small school like they did over the weekend. Just my opinion. Uh, one of the stunning things to me, and, and I'm looking at the polls this morning, uh, Southern Miss is ranked 21st in Baseball America, 23rd in the Massey Poll, and 27th in USA Today. Uh, Ole Miss moves up in a couple of polls after going 1-1 one one over the weekend against, I believe, Wright State. So, uh, yeah. I was, so you know, Southern Miss I was, I has to earn that. its way up. I mean, we're used to that. We're, we're, we're going to have to, but I looked. Everybody basically won. Louisville didn't win. Louisville went one and two, and so they dropped a little bit. But it was hard for the Eagles to move up at all because everybody else basically swept this weekend also, except uh, T-Sun, the school up north. So anyway, um, yeah, but that's, that's just the way it's going to be. If, if they beat Troy – and if they win the series against Mississippi State, you will see them sitting in, in, in the mid-teens for sure. Now, I'm not saying Mississippi State won't be a child. They're very good, obviously. And they're at home, and they're going to be really motivated about having the Golden Eagles come in there after what happened uh, last year down here. But uh, my, my first warning would be don't overlook Troy Wednesday night. Uh, or, you know, they, they might stump your momentum a little bit going into Starkville. I, I look for Troy to be a pretty competitive team. And I think we're going to see more of what we saw Sunday, Wednesday night. We're going to see a multitude of pitchers. And, uh, look, these coaches are going to use these early games. And I, I, apparently it doesn't matter uh, who you're playing. They're going to use these games to some degree to find out who can play and who can't. And it did seem yesterday after they had secured the series uh, by winning Friday and Saturday that they did use yesterday's game to get a lot of young kids on the field. And, I, you know, Luke, I think you have to do that because that's the only way those kids uh, can ever get ready to play. You just got to stick them in the the, the situation. You got to see how they respond. I was thinking Cody Carroll might, you know, start the game uh, Sunday, and then he he closes out the last three. So, the the good thing is a lot of pieces of the puzzle that Scott Barry can can play with a lot of options there for him out of the bullpen. So, be fun to see what he does, how he rolls the dice on uh, Wednesday against Troy. It's going to be a fun season no matter what happens this weekend, folks. So, uh, get ready to come to the Pete, see one of the best baseball teams in the country, no doubt about that. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
This fourth segment brought to you by Carter's Jewelry, located on Evelyn Gandy Boulevard in Petal, Mississippi. Carter's Jewelry carries beautiful jewelry for every price range and now carries that SMTTT, Southern Miss to the Top, jewelry line. Check out Carter's Jewelry online on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Carter's Jewelry, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Michael Mergens. And some more news, the track and field Conference USA Indoor Championships uh, were this weekend. The uh, men finish fourth overall, women place fifth. But there were several first-place finishers for the Golden Eagles. McKinley West may be the fastest human being in Conference USA. Uh, officially is now because he won the 60 meters and he won the 200 meter dash. Uh, another CUSA meet record for McKinley West. John Warren takes the gold in, uh, the triple jump. And then on the ladies side, Sandra Spot takes the bronze, uh, in, uh, the mile. Kate Maddox came in fifth. And then also Denisha Jones takes the gold in the shot put. So a great indoor season for track and field as they begin to transition out, outside and, Lady Eagle track team trying to defend that 2018 Conference USA Championship. Softball uh, was back in action this weekend out in Waco, Texas. They go 2-3, and three, uh, defeat Sam Houston State and UT Arlington and fall to uh, Baylor. Uh, it's actually the 16th-ranked Baylor Bears um, this weekend. They're back in action for a doubleheader this Wednesday against Alcorn State. And then men and women's tennis. The uh, women defeat Troy yesterday out in Troy, Alabama. Six to one. That could be a, a helpful, uh, prediction, Bob, for baseball this week. Tennis went ahead and, and did that. And my man, Chung Hang Sai and the men's tennis team took down, uh, the University of Texas Rio Grande yesterday, uh, four to three. So a lot going on. This is where we have so many sports, um, going on at once. Um, but basketball rocking, baseball rocking. Great time of the year to be a Golden Eagle, Bob. No question. Uh, baseball plays at 6.30 Wednesday night. Uh, that's in Pearl at Trustmark Park against Troy. Uh, then the three-game series against Mississippi State. Uh, what I have here says 4 o'clock Friday afternoon. That seems a bit early. Uh, 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon and 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Uh, Southern Miss at Mississippi State. All right, Michael, get in here and, and – uh, uh, we got word over the weekend uh, that the uh, the powers to be in Jackson are putting the Eagle Hour uh, on Spotify and Stitcher as a podcast, soon to be on iTunes and Google Play. Yep. So what's that mean? It means you can get it in more places. All right. There's a lot of people who have the like the iTunes app on their right. phone, and you can set it up. I don't have iTunes, so I'm not really sure how it works. I'm assuming you can set it up so as soon as there's a new episode, it either downloads it automatically or you're alerted when it's there. So you really? can access it through yep. more sources than just going to Supertalk, Hattiesburg.com, Supertalklaurel.com, or Supertalk.fm and downloading it from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people that, especially with Spotify, that have that, and they get updates. Hey, this podcast has been updated, and... Well, we appreciate Will East doing that. He's the program director for the network, and uh, he notified me of it uh, Friday afternoon. I know he's been in touch with you today, so we want to thank Will for doing that. And, uh, hey, anything we can do to uh, get this program out to more Southern Miss people uh, around the country, we're we're happy to do that. And anything to give me more work to do. That's right. Well, yeah, that's why you make the big bucks, Michael. And uh, yeah, we need to talk about that as they keep rolling in, Mm -hmm. as they keep rolling and rolling out just as quick. Yeah, yeah. What a great weekend! I'll tell you, man. The uh, I'm not surprised that there was a big turnout for baseball, but 
I got to tell you, man, the place was rocking all weekend long. And, uh, you know, they because of the weather, which turned out not to be a problem, they moved the Sunday game up to 1030. And so I'm thinking, well, there won't be many people here at 1030 on Sunday morning. I was wrong. And uh, I, I heard John Cox point out that uh, in all of his years of doing baseball for Southern Miss, he had never seen a crowd that big. Uh, you know, that started on a Sunday morning. We've had some start at 11 o'clock because of travel. But 1030 was really early. But I tell you what, it did not keep the Southern Miss fans away. Uh, baseball is in the air, Luke, and uh, people are pretty excited about it. I'm excited. I was, I couldn't be with you guys uh, this weekend. I was out in Texas preaching, and it's pretty cool, Bob. I'm leaving uh, First Baptist Wiley, Texas, yesterday, and I've got on a uh, a jacket from uh, when I played at Southern Miss, and a lady's walking out. She said, "You're Southern Miss?" I said, "Yeah." She says, "Me too." So the Golden Eagles uh, are are everywhere. Should should note big uh, news story that that came out this morning. Um, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Southern Miss has hired an offensive coordinator. Buster Faulkner, who's been the offensive coordinator the last uh, three years at Arkansas State with former Southern Miss offensive coordinator Blake Anderson, has been hired by Jay Hobson. We'll uh, bring more on you that tomorrow. But so, Bob, going into spring ball now, we've got an offensive coordinator. Finally. When does that start, spring football? Uh, it'll be a, you know it'll be a couple couple months probably the end of March but you, you've got to develop all that stuff now and and this is a very very late OC hire after you know everything that happened last couple weeks just glad you got Coach Faulkner in and got some good minds on the offensive side It'd be interesting to see how they go from here hey message real quick to some Southern Miss fans out there that I was reading some social media about over the weekend get over the fact that Doc doesn't want to wear a suit and tie to basketball game leave the man alone he's got this team they're the hottest team in Conference USA right now uh, this could be a magical year for them and you know what Luke if Doc wants to wear a t-shirt and a pair of khaki pants that is just fine with me let him wear it <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock everybody until then southern miss to, to the, the top, top. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea fly like an eagle let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.